and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. Gentlemen, would you introduce yourself? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Joel Bickford, Deacon of Worship. Kevin Kinnor, Biblical Counselor. All right. Well, just to state the obvious, Pastor Rob is no longer with us. We will miss Pastor Rob at Sacred City. We will miss him on the podcast. He has moved back to Colorado to take care of his aging um, parents who had one uh, mo- mother, I think, or mother or father was diagnosed with uh, dementia. And so he's taking being a good son and moving back there and taking care of them. And we will greatly miss him. But today we are moving forward in our discipleship, moving, o- moving forward in our following Jesus and everyday normal rhythms of life. And uh, Kevin had the idea for this podcast. So Kevin, what are we going to be doing in the next few weeks? Yeah, so this this idea kind of came off of our How to Study Your Bible and Context for Bible Study. Um, I got thinking about, well, there's, there's more to spiritual discipline. There's more to being a Christian and a worshiper and having good rhythms than simply Bible study, right? And so it reminded me of a book by Donald Whitney. I think it's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Mm-hmm. And in that, he breaks down a whole bunch of... Um, I think there's, there's 13, 14 different disciplines that Christians can engage. And so we want to go through those kind of a podcast at a time, um, talk about what they are, why they're beneficial, how to actually do those things. And so today we're going to do kind of an introduction to spiritual disciplines. All right. So first off, let me, let's just talk about spirit, the, I, the, the words spiritual discipline. Most people don't put those words together, and most people have a negative connotation that comes to their mind when they hear the word discipline. And to put spiritual with discipline, I think just for most people, they think you're saying something like akin to spiritual legalism. Mm -hmm. That's how they, that's how they usually, usually take it. And that's not the correct way to take that term, even though spiritual disciplines, it's not those two. I mean, those two words are in the Bible, but they're not put together in the Bible. But, the concept is how do you become more like Christ? So the whole goal of this podcast is to follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. Well, what does that actually look like? Because the goal of the Christian life isn't just to be saved. The goal is to become more like Christ, mm, yeah. right? And so Dallas Willard, in his book, uh, The Spirit of the Disciplines, he says this, my central claim is that we can become like Christ by doing one thing, by following him in the overall style of life he chose for himself. If we have faith in Christ, we must believe that he knew how to live. We can, through faith and grace, become like Christ by practicing the types of activities, okay, practicing the types of activities mm-hmm. he engaged in by arranging our whole lives around the activities he practiced in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of his father. Hmm. So the idea here is that Jesus shows us the ideal way of being human. He shows us the ideal way of walking with God. Hmm. He shows us the ideal um, way of living. And Jesus, and this is the argument that we're going to see, Jesus lived a disciplined life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesus lived a disciplined life. Now 
I don't believe all of Donald Whitney's quote unquote spiritual disciplines that he's going to, to list are equally important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think all of them are commanded in scripture. There's a couple of them that I think are helpful, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think I don't think they're universal. Now, now the first, you know, several I think are mm-hmm. okay. So before we get into like what are spiritual disciplines and why we should, you know, practice them. Let me go over really quick, quickly, um, what these disciplines are that he talks about. Number one, he calls Bible intake. We've called this devotional reading mm-hmm. in our in our uh, um, podcast earlier. Okay. Number two, he talks about Bible study mm-hmm. and uh, memorization, mm-hmm. Bible memorization. And uh, obviously, we just think about Jesus. Jesus read the Old Testament scriptures. He knew them in and out. He wasn't, so Jesus, even though he was all knowing, he still, the Bible says, grew in wisdom and favor with man. That means Jesus had to go to the temple. Jesus had to be taught by the rabbis. Jesus had to memorize his Torah, just like all the good little Jewish boys did. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus prayed, or I mean, I'm sorry, Jesus read regularly. Jesus studied scripture and Jesus memorized scripture. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if we want to be like Jesus, we need to do those things as well. Right. All right. Uh, next one is prayer. Obviously we see prayer as a a vital aspect of Jesus's ministry. He's praying to the father. He needs the Holy spirit to help him during temptation. He prays, he teaches us how to pray. He teaches disciples how to pray. He prays in the garden of Gethsemane. So prayer was an important aspect of, of, of walking with God. And so therefore we need to pray. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, worship, worship is this ongoing activity that all of us are doing, putting God first and pouring out our devotion and our heart, our thoughts, our resources towards God. Worship is a, is a discipline. Mm-hmm. It's something that we have to, we actually have to do if we're going to become more like Christ. Evangelism, Jesus was, you could say it, missionary. Jesus was the missionary par excellence. Mm-hmm. He pursues the woman at the well. He goes after her. He engages her in a conversation. He engages her idols. He promises her eternal life. He pursues a woman nobody else wanted to be with. So evangelism, sharing the gospel, is a discipline that all Christians must partake in if you're going to become more like Christ. Right. Serving. Jesus, Scripture says, Jesus didn't come to be served, rather to serve. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to, if we're going to be like Christ, we've got to be serving, right? Stewardship, and this is, you know, giving our finances. So Jesus, though we don't have any obvious texts in, in scripture, Jesus tithed. He worked as a carpenter. He made money. And so Jesus tithed. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a great steward. He often talked about being a good, all of his, so many of his, pro, pro, uh, his not proverbs, his um, parables. Parables. Thank you for yeah. that. So many of his parables are about stewardship and mm-hmm. being a good steward with the resources that God's given us. Fasting is another one. Jesus fasted. Jesus told his, told his disciples, when you fast, fast like this. Don't fast like that. So taking things out of our life, whether it be food or, uh, you know, different, different things that you can fast. Fasting is a, is a discipline that Christians should be involved in. Mm-hmm. Silence and solitude. When you follow the life of Jesus, Jesus got away out into the desert. He went away onto a boat all by himself. He needed, even though he was God, which is bizarre. (laughs) Yeah. Like he needed to get away from people. He needed to go recharge, if that's the way you want to describe it. Mm -hmm. He needed to go be be silent and be still before the Lord 
and and meditate on 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 God. Chapter eleven is the one that bugs me the most mm. in this book, and it's journaling. <laughs> um, and I'll just tell you, I'll just show my hand. I hate journaling. Mm-hmm. I've tried it a bajillion times. Oh, yeah. I've bought every cool moleskin that you could buy. <laughs> and for me, journaling almost always feels like a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But I know some people are going to hate me for that because I know there's <laughs> many people that are great journalers and you can get a lot out of journaling. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I can't remember this chapter, so I'll be interested to go back mm-hmm. and read it again. Yeah and see if he can convince me why this is actually a spiritual discipline that everybody needs to do. But I thought the same thing, but when, even when you think about that, like journaling, getting the paper, getting the pen, all the different things, but when I actually look through my phone and my notes, how much journaling I ac- actually have done, I'm just like, I'm actually, I actually enjoy j- journaling. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I mean, you were just explaining from, you could very easily explain from the life of Jesus. Did Jesus journal? I mean, I don't know. He spent a long time talking. Mm-hmm. I don't see examples of Jesus with like a pad of paper, you know, yeah. so. pouring out his heart. Yeah, I mean, he talking could. about the girl that walked away. <laughs> <laughs> she gone. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just terrible at journaling. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, chapter twelve is just learning, yep. and that we just that's just the key a key piece of being a yeah. disciple. Mm-hmm. We call it being a learner here at Sacred City. You're just constantly growing, constantly learning, mm-hmm. being a lifelong learner, uh, readers. You know all this kind of all this kind of thing. So yeah, we're gonna go if ahead. I can cut in real quick, just to that end, right? You know, you, you kind of started this off saying when people say spiritual disciplines, it can sound a little legalistic, but when you really when you get re- get down into that word discipline, right? It's from a Latin word that means instruction and training, right? And so I, I think you see kind of the consequence of how words shift over time, and kind of why it has the stigma because actually the word means instruction and training, right? Training in righteousness. And I think if we look at it like that, there's a lot less to be um, offended by. There's a lot less to be, it's, it's less of, and you guys can push back on this, less of a moral statement. If you don't do this, you're the worst, which I think is how a lot of people look at disciplines versus, no, you you get to get the instruction, you get to get the training to be more Christ-like. Yeah. Well, anyone who's afraid of the word discipline just think of its opposite. Mm-hmm. Undisciplined. Right. Do you want to be an undisciplined person? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's the epitome of laziness. Right. Yeah. It's the epitome of selfishness. Mm-hmm. It's the epitome of having good hopes and good dreams and good plans and never accomplishing any of them because nothing good happens without discipline. Mm, yeah. And, and people need to get that. Like there is such a thing as, uh, you know, not being a good Christian. Yeah. Can you be a Christian and not read your Bible? Yeah. Yeah. You're a bad one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now, listen, why do I say that? Because you don't know the word of God. Right. You don't know the will of the father. Yeah. Like what, what made Jesus such a great disciple, if I can use that word, you know, is he obeyed the will of the Father in all things. Mm. That tells us he had to know the will of the Father in all things. To live the perfect life, he couldn't break a commandment. He couldn't break one of God's stipulations. And Jesus knew the law and the Old Testament so well that he knew when he could, um, I don't want to say fudge the lines, but when other people thought he was breaking commandments, Jesus wasn't breaking commandments. 
He wasn't I, cheating on the Sabbath. I think for a lot of people, it's, it's a lot of people, their worldview is off. I mean, even when they're, they think of, when you say discipline, a lot of people think of the people like Jocko and people that are taking pictures of their watch or waking up at a certain time and doing all these different things. Um, but when you have that bad worldview, it's robbing you from what God's actually trying to develop you in, mm. and it, which is called spiritual discipline, so what we're going to be walking through. So I think a lot of people just have to really look and stop and think like, hey, am I viewing this from the world or am I viewing this from how God has called us to live our regular lives? Yeah, one of the things he uses in this book, in the first chapter, he says, spiritual disciplines are ways we place ourselves in the path of God's grace. We th Hear that. <clears throat> spiritual disciplines are not opposed to grace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we can often think that grace is opposed to effort. Mm. Since Jesus did it all for me, none of that, I don't have to do anything. Grace isn't opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Right. So I can never earn God's grace through my spiritual disciplines. But practicing the spiritual disciplines places ourselves in the path of God's grace. Mm -hmm. So because I wake up every single morning and get out, in my silence and solitude every single morning and open my Bible and pray, I'm putting myself in the path of God's grace where God's grace is going to interact with me on a daily basis, not by happenstance or by chance, on purpose. Yeah. I'm opening up the source of grace, mm -hmm. scripture. Mm -hmm. I'm op opening up a means of grace. I'm, I'm praying, I'm doing silence and solitude. And so I am purposefully putting myself in the way of grace mm -hmm. every single day. And I hope that grace impacts me. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of how you can often look at, even people can look at the 10 commandments and think, wow, what a restricting uh, way to live your life, to live your life by these rules when that's the exact opposite of what the mm -hmm. 10 commandments are. It's, it's meant to give you life. And so as you were list, even just listing out those disciplines, it, what came to my mind was like, wow, it sounds like Jesus wants all of my life. And you could say, who is he to take all of my life? Well, he's Lord, mm -hmm. but he's also benevolent and good. And all of, all of these disciplines sound like a counter-discipline. So it's like to be a disciple, you're going to be a disciple of something. Yeah. The, the world is discipling you. And so it's like a counter-gracious, like to be able to wake up in the morning and say, your thoughts are going to go somewhere, but God gives you his word. Yeah. Like you're, 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 you're going to be talking to somebody, you're going to be talking to yourself about something. He gives you prayer, mm -hmm. which actually affects something. So it's, it's this gracious pattern that you're going to be in in any way. Discipled by something, might as well be Jesus. Yeah. Think about... Social media. Why is social media free? Why is it free? Because you're the product. Because yeah. we're the product. But but on a nuts and bolts level, it's free because advertisers mm -hmm. pay Facebook or Instagram, yeah. the same thing. They pay to be able to advertise their products to the users, right? Yeah. And so when you open up Instagram, you're putting yourself in the path of exactly. materialism. Exactly. Of yes. materialism. Because they are taking your attention. Mm -hmm. They are they they know you probably better than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. And they're market the, they're targeting this marketing to you in order to get your money, right? So when you use social media, you are putting yourself in the path of formation. Yes. It's forming you in a certain way yeah. in order to market products to you 
for them to build their business. Yeah. Right? That's that's the whole that's the whole deal. Well, spiritual disciplines are a counterformation, mm-hmm. counterformative practices yes. that remind us we're not what we buy. We're not what we put on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not necessarily we're not who we were yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Right? We are in Christ and mm-hmm. we're being formed into his image from one degree of glory to yeah, another. That's good. Yeah, and it's it's even to follow that that paradigm of social media even further into that. Um, it's it's maybe more even than you're simply putting yourself in the path because if you think about it, oh, we've updated our terms and conditions, right? Any any time any app does that, nobody reads it. I can see you guys laughing. But in that, you are consenting to be advertised to, right? When when apps and things have pop-ups that say, oh, do you want us to give you targeted ads? If you agree to that, you're saying, no, no, please, you know, pursue me, right? In a way, you're... Go you're, after my soul. Go, yes. after, exactly. go after my affections. <laughs> Get into the corners <laughs> of my soul and tell sure. me what's going to make me happy. Yes. Yes. Do it right. Do I'll it be right. honest. Yeah. They got me last week. Thanks they got for re- me. Thanks what, for reading that, Kev. So I bought a square sure pillow. I read those. A square... <laughs> Like a couch pillow? No. Oh man, this is getting off topic a little bit, but That's it's really like a not. Pregnant woman okay. pillow? No, listen, Those this, are the this is how they know. I don't even know. They know. They know you so well. I sleep on my side. Okay. One of the problems of being a side sleeper is the pillow never <laughs> works. Like the the pillow never works right, and your neck hurts, yeah. man. You wake up with a sore neck. And this guy markets this square pillow for side sleepers. Listen, I got it. It was not cheap. And my wife couldn't believe I spent that much money on a pillow. I'll be honest. So it's your cuddle, buddy. I'm loving it. <laughs> it's I'm loving it. The last four days, it's changed my life. <laughs> yeah. Sleep is important. But it's they're like, important. But it's like, when have they heard me say I sleep on my side? Like, you know what I mean? It was mm. the most. It's the most bizarre. Wow. Bizarre deal. Yeah. But I'm putting my way in. I'm putting myself in the way of these marketers, right? Yeah. And they know it. They know my time, my attention. My affections, my money, all flow from this app, yeah. right? So if I put myself in this, this app, they can get me and get what they want from me, which is my money. Yeah. Well, spiritual disciplines are very similar. Yeah. We're putting ourselves in the path of grace, and yeah. God can get what he wants to us mm. more efficiently yeah. through these means that he's given us. Yeah. Yeah. He can change us into his image from one degree of glory to the other. Um, now, when it comes to the discipline piece, obviously discipline sounds like hard work. And I think it is. A lot of times discipline, um, if you ask a guy who's been running for like 10 years, if running is hard, you're going to get a strange answer. Mm-hmm. Because in one sense, it is, but it's not as hard as it used to be. Mm-hmm. It's actually mostly enjoyable now. Yeah. Now there are days it's hundred degrees out or it's eight degrees out that it's going to suck. It's going to mm. be difficult. But you ask a guy who's been running for a long time, if running's hard and he's going to be kind of like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like running, but in the, to get started, to get over the hump, yeah. you know, running is hard, yeah. right? When you're, when you're just starting out and the spiritual disciplines are going to be hard and difficult if you haven't done them, and we use this analogy before, but he has it in here. He says this, the gold of godliness isn't found on the surface of Christianity. Mm -hmm. 
it has to be dug from the depths with the tools of the disciplines. But for those who persevere, the treasures are more than worth the troubles. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to be a Christian that's undisciplined and you kind of stay on the surface and Jesus died for my sins and maybe you even go to church and maybe even go to missional community, which by the way, community is a spiritual discipline, which is not in here, which should be. We can tack it on. Uh, We probably should. But these are things that are difficult that we oftentimes don't want to do but they're deeply formative for us. And the gold of Christianity is found there, mm-hmm. right? We, we're, we're, we're told that iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, is that, is that enjoyable? Have you, ever, have you ever watched <laughs> iron workers? Like, have you ever watched like, mm-hmm. um, like a sword being, sh- you know, shaped and sharpened or sharpened a kitchen knife? Yeah. It's not a, right enjoyable process it's a violent process it's yeah. sparks are flying heat the, the metal has to be heated up and put in a forge there's a hardening pro- but but the end result is beautiful yes deadly mm-hmm. effective functional yeah and the same thing for the christian life the more disciplined you are in your spiritual disciplines the more deadly you're going to be for the for you know to the to the kingdom of satan the more effective you are to the kingdom of light, right? You're, you're going to be more useful mm. for God's kingdom, yeah. the more disciplined you are. And this is a universal principle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the best runner? The most disciplined. The most disciplined guy, right? Who's the best basketball player? The most disciplined guy. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw a quote yesterday. Kobe Bryant said Shaquille O'Neal would be the best basketball player ever in history if if Shaq had Kobe's work ethic. Yeah, mm. that's what he said. And it's wild when you uh-huh. hear that because you know how good Shaq was, mm-hmm. but he could have been even better mm-hmm. if he had discipline. Mm-hmm. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, I, I think another um, subset of this that that maybe people don't think about, and they they certainly don't necessarily think it matters. Um, if you're a father, if you're a mother. You're discipling your kids. Do you want them to be disciplined? Do you want them to be in Scripture? Do you want them right. to be praying and worshiping and and fasting and serving? Well, if you're not doing that, then you're not teaching them, right? In in the paradigm of um, hold on, pause. Yeah, you said you're not teaching them. I'm well, gonna, I'm going to correct that. You're not teaching s- them rightly. Yeah, you are teaching them. Yes, right. but you're teaching them to be spiritually undisciplined. Yeah. And here's the deal: you can send your kid to a Christian school. But if you are undisciplined, they're probably going to be undisciplined as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think as, as, as simple as um, for, for kids, it's like, are, can they wake up to an alarm clock? Can they wake themselves up? Do they have the regular rhythms of brushing their teeth and washing mm-hmm. their face and getting their clothes out and actually prepping their night before the morning? Different things like that to start that discipline mm-hmm. in their everyday life. Yeah. All those little wins build up and stack mm-hmm. on top of each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, learning how to wake up when the alarm goes off, mm-hmm. not hit sl- snooze. Learning how to have your clothes prepared right by your bed so you don't have to get up and fumble around and figure out what you're going right. to wear. Yeah. You know, having that daily liturgy mm-hmm. of before my brain is actually functioning, my body is already doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It's kicking the covers off. It's getting out of bed putting my clothes on, it's going downstairs, I'm making coffee, and my brain isn't even on mm-hmm. 
right muscle now. Memory. It's literally muscle memory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think of like, like the discipline itself isn't the end. So, I mean, I think, I think about this for like playing music for me. Like mm-hmm. there are specific times where I'll sit down and I will play guitar that I'm not, I mean, it's always enjoyable to some degree, but it's like, I'm playing to learn something or I'm playing to challenge myself with something and I'm trying to keep in time. I'm playing with a metronome. I'll do all these things to challenge myself so that when I'm in a situation where I'm just meant to enjoy music, I'm free to do so. Mm-hmm. And so it's, hel- I mean, part of it is doing the discipline. It's like, okay, I know that I'm sitting down and reading my Bible. I have to have discipline to do that. But the end is for me to engage with God. Yes. Uh, it's not just who I did the discipline. It's it, when I'm praying and I'm doing the discipline is I, again, I'm, I'm engaging with God. So I think having something, I mean, is that right? Like having the right end goal in mind and not just the, the discipline itself. Yeah. I think it's both. And, mm. um, yeah, sure. I think scripture tells us that like even bodily discipline is a good, oh, sure. and it yeah. has, it, there is a good to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, <clears throat> you're right. The, the end goal is to commune with God and to be formed into his image, oh. but you're never going to be formed into his image without, without discipline. discipline. Yeah, right. So yeah, the goal isn't just to be a stoic and have super amazing discipline, right. but discipline leads to greater and greater levels of freedom. And mm-hmm. this is the paradox that most people don't understand. They think discipline and freedom are opposing yeah, each yeah. other. Oh, reading, praying, time, <laughs> sound, so scheduled. It sounds so scheduled. It sounds so, uh, you know, opposed to my freedom. And Christianity is all about freedom. And mm-hmm. my soul doesn't work that way. My, my schedule doesn't work that way. I'm, an, I'm artistic. I'm this. I don't care how artistic you are. If you're a musician and you don't learn your scales... Yeah. You're, you're not going to be able to play good. Yeah. You're, you, you, you can't have the freedom. They say like, and this, you Joe, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but like jazz yeah. jazz music is some of the most difficult stuff to play. Yes. And it seems like, oh, look at them. They're just up there riffing and going on. Yeah. They're just doing their own thing, man. They don't have any music. They don't have anything. The only reason they can do that is because they know all the rules of music. Yeah, they yeah. know all their scales. Yeah. They know you don't hear them hitting bad notes no. up there. You don't hear them, you know, they're playing that they it's like this. You you have to have the discipline to learn the rules, mm-hmm. to be amazing at the rules, and then once you know the rules you and you're good at the them. rules, now you can break <laughs> yeah, the rules. Yeah, yeah. Now you can break the rules. But but until you do, you're just gonna it's you're gonna be like a, a you know, a five year old plinking away on the mm-hmm. piano and it just oh my goodness yeah wow look at she's just letting her creativity go and it sounds like trash yeah. yeah right so discipline actually leads to greater freedom absolutely um elton trueblood in this book says this we have not advanced very far in our spiritual lives if we have not encountered the basic paradox of freedom mm. that we are most free when we are bound mm. yeah. Let me say, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from the quote for a second. Imagine if there were 400 keys on a keyboard. Like, how could you play that piano? Yeah. How could you play that thing? Yeah. Right? But because there's only however many there is, yeah. 50 something? It kind of depends. Like, yeah. Okay, whatever. Usually around There's 50, only a yeah. certain there's a set number. There's a set, num- there's a set number. There's a limited number. Yeah, usually within a wingspan. Yeah, a wingspan. <laughs> Stay in the rules now. Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah. you can be freed. You can have you have freedom yep. 
within that limited rule set. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you had your playing basketball and there was no out of bounds. Mm -hmm. You could you literally couldn't play. Guy just takes off running a mile down the Double road. Double dribble, no travel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just running with the ball. Yeah. Playing football. So to yeah. actually have freedom, you have to have constraints first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And once you know the rules yeah. And once you have there's out of bounds and there's the goal, now you can and, and you can't double dribble and all these different things. Now you're free to exercise your creativity. Yeah. It's within the bounds. So I'm going to get back to the quote. Yeah. But not just any way of being bound will suffice. What matters is the character of our binding. Mm. The one who would be an athlete but who is unwilling to discipline his body by regular exercise and abstinence is not free to excel on the field or track. His fail. <laughs> Have you ever seen a fat guy running track and field in the Olympics? Nope. Nope. Mm -mm. Why? Because his it... body fat slows him down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like discipline. <laughs> well, because the running burns calories. Yeah. And fat is a fat on your body is is drag yeah. when you're running, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tate can't keep it together. Tate can't keep it together. Because yeah. fat slows you down, yeah. right? Fat yep. slows you down. Yeah. And running burns calories. And if he's run out there running, he's going to be burning calories and he's going to be leaning up and it's going to, yep. you know, to be the fastest. Right. And so, yeah, he's got to have that discipline in order to have the freedom to excel. Let me keep going. His failure to train rigorously denies him the freedom to run with the desired speed and endurance. With one concerted voice, the giants of the devotional life apply the same principle. Mm. Yeah. To the whole of life, discipline is the price of freedom. Let's go. Amazing. Discipline is the price of freedom. So if I want to be the most free, I need to be the most disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good because I think a lot of people set goals and then they're afraid of their goals. And they miss their goals, but there's always grace in that. And a lot of times we learn from when we fall short and when we fail going forward. Um, and a lot of times is we just have to, instead of changing the goal, just change our strategy of how we're doing things in our regular lifestyle. Because of the way we used to live life and the goals that we put in play, we may not be able to do those things. We may have to say no for a season. It may not be no forever, but it just be no for this season. Yeah. And in the realm of spiritual disciplines, right, you talked about people who want to operate on grace with no, no discipline. I think it's, it's Romans 6, right, that talks about, Paul's talking about, hey, you were once slaves to sin, but now in Christ you're, you're slaves to righteousness, right? So you are, in a very real sense, you are bound to something, right? And you someone. Will, some, someone. Someone, right? Either the flesh and laziness or freedom in Christ through yeah. service to Christ. Yeah. Just think about if you're, we always, we often say that we're followers of Christ. Mm. This last week, we just learned that Jesus woke up early and made the trek in the hottest part of the day and ends up in Sikar in Samaria at the well and meets the woman at the well. And he's yeah. there tired and thirsty. Imagine waking up, you're a disciple. Jesus is up with the sun <laughs> And you hit your snooze button. Yeah. Oops. Guess what he does? He takes off. Yeah. He's on mission. He's got a plan. He's disciplined. He's walking. Mm -hmm. You wake up at 930. And where's Jesus? Yeah. 
like literally you're not following him. Right. Mm-hmm. You stayed in bed and he walked, he left. Yeah. He's and, way ahead of you. And if you were a disciple like that, guess what you would have missed out on? The whole encounter with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Right? You would have missed out on that whole encounter. Mm-hmm. What was that encounter? That encounter was a means of divine grace. The disciples that were there got to see the God of the universe pursue a sexually loose, super lonely, spiritually confused woman and cross all kind of cultural and religious bounds and give her grace. And that was a, key, a clue to what he was going to do in his death and resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. And you would have missed out on that. Yeah. Why? Because you were sleeping. Five more minutes, Lord. You, you were sleeping. Yeah. And so it's the same is true. The same is true for us. We I mean, discipline gives us freedom. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the price of freedom. Yeah. When you are disciplined, then now you have the ability. So it's just like this. People, people often say, I wish I knew more of the Bible. I wish I knew more of the Bible. <laughs> what you're wanting there is the freedom to quote the Bible like somebody in your MC that you see. You see somebody quote the Bible right. and use the Bible and it, like... A professional looking, I say professional, but what I mean by that is like when you see a professional basketball play mm-hmm. basketball and yep. you're like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. Yeah. Right. Well, in athletics, some of it is determined by just genetics and DNA and all that kind of stuff. Like there's no way discipline's going to make me dunk a basketball. Right. Right. But with the spiritual disciplines, spiritual disciplines are available to everyone. Yeah. Jesus shows us that Pharisees can get on it if they repent. Prostitutes can get on it. Mm-hmm. Tax collectors can get on mm-hmm. it. Fishermen can get on it. All of these, look at what we see in the life of Peter. Peter, uneducated fisherman, becomes a brilliant communicator and a, and a preacher of the gospel. Yeah. How? Discipline. Yeah. He stayed close to Jesus. He walked and talked and studied with, with Jesus. Amen. And so if you want to become more like Christ and be able to use the word of God like a swordsman uses a sword, there's only one way to get it. And that is through the discipline of reading and studying the scripture and memorizing the scripture. Yeah, that's so good. I think that's even like comes to James chapter five, I believe it is, or James chapter two, when he talks about faith and works. And I think a lot of people, like you were saying before, they want the um, the, the glitterness of, of Jesus, of just coming to faith. And uh, I just come to church and I just worship and me and God are tight. But there's a lot of the works piece that where you have to get your fingernails dirty. You have to dig into God's word. You have to be in prayer. You have to be in community to be able to see actually how good he is. Mm. Um, you don't just get to be able to um, get in on those fruits without doing the work. Yeah. Yeah, you're never going to run a five-minute mile without running a lot. Yeah. Like probably every day or three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. You're never going to do it, you know? And you're never going to be able to wield the sword of the word of God like Aragorn yeah. unless you feel that thing in your hand nearly every single day. Mm-hmm. So what do we say to the people that are like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty free in my lazy disciplines? <laughs> what, do we, what do we say to them? You're a slave to sin. Ooh. Dang. Biblical counselor just brought it down. <laughs> Go see Kev. <laughs> Biblical. <laughs> well, it's the wrong side of it's the wrong side of freedom. Yeah. It's the freedom that laziness provides. Mm. Yeah, you are free. You don't have to get up and run. You don't have to read. You don't have to do all these things. 
but it's a freedom that leads to selfishness, sinfulness, weakness, depravity, death. And it's, so it's the wrong type. It's the wrong type of freedom. Mm -hmm. It's the guy, yeah, you're free to eat Cheetos every single day. And then you're also free to die 12 years earlier (laughs) or whatever that's going to be. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing a number out there, but there's a freedom that leads to death and there's a freedom that leads to life and godliness and righteousness Mm -hmm. and goodness and joy. And think about all the stuff that your your, your freedom in laziness, it prevents you from being helpful in missional community. Yeah. It prevents you from being able to disciple your kids. Yeah. Here's the other thing it does. When difficulty comes in your way, you won't be able to handle it. You won't be able to respond the way that somebody who's deeply enmeshed and disciplined in the word of God, they're going to be able to handle it much better than you will. Yeah. Because yeah. you're reacting instead of responding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in your reactions, you, you're not humble or gentle. <laughs> yeah, but even like you're having a bad day. Yeah what scripture do you turn to? Mm. Like, if you don't know the Bible, you're going to Google it. Mm. And you might get a decent one. You might not, right? What if your internet's down? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but if you're disciplined and you're a student of the word, you're going to know where to go no matter what comes into your life. Mm. Great prosperity, great, great pain, great difficulty, sickness, death, temptation. You're going to know how to wield the word of God. You're going to be ready in season and out of season to flip the page. And like, even in this, even in this podcast, you know what I mean? Like we off, we, most of the time we're just kind of riffing and the scriptures that come up most of the time are coming up off the top of our head. But if you don't know the Bible, that's never going to happen. Right. So the one piece of discipline that I, there is a way to be disciplined that leads to drudgery, a joyless, there's a, there's a joyless discipline. Mm. Yeah. So if you, if, and it's usually has something to do with the person who believes they're supposed to do something. Mm-hmm. So they put it on a checklist and they re- kind of want to do it, but they're only doing it because they feel like they have to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that type of discipline leads to drudgery, but the spiritual disciplines are never drudgery. If we can keep in mind that godliness or Christ likeness is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when things become drudgery, like Joel said earlier, we, we've, we think discipline is the goal or we think just reading my Bible is the goal. That's not the goal. The goal is to become more like Christ. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. The goal is to be able, if you cut me, I bleed Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As they said, I think they said that of Spurgeon or somebody like yeah. you cut him and he bleeds Bible. I, I want to be the type of guy that, I understand the Old Testament stories. I, I've got illustrations and examples and Proverbs mm-hmm. and Psalms, and I, I want I want to be that guy, yeah. you know? And so I've spent over 20 years trying to become that guy. Do I feel like that guy? No. Do I know a lot of Bible? And, yeah, I know a lot of Bible, and I'm, I'm a lot better than I used to be. But I believe 
that I'm going to be even better in 10 more years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to have even more of the word of God in me in 10 more years. But that's not going to happen by accident. Yeah. That's only going to happen because I'm planning for it to happen. I'm mm-hmm. disciplining myself and putting myself in, in the way of grace. Yeah. And I so, think, too, once we make our plans, we know that God knows our heart. And a lot of times we just have to be open and honest with God and come into him in prayer and say, hey, you know, I want to fall in line. I want my life to be set up how you called us to. Um, but you struggle. So I think be open and honest with God with that and pray for him to sharpen you, to put, put you around men or women, um, to help challenge you and guide you along so that you don't feel like you're alone in this. Um, and that's where the community piece comes in that Justin's talking about that we'll jump into mm-hmm. down the road. We talked about right at the beginning, like what the, what some of those disciplines are. I don't have anything specific in mind, but are you aware of any like, you know, in counseling people or pastoring people, like like things things people think they're doing that are spiritual disciplines that aren't like kind of counterfeit, um, you know, like I mean th- the thing that's kind of come to mind is a person that's like, oh yeah yeah, I'm like, I'm spiritual but I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. Like I just like to spend time out in the woods. That's how that's how I connect with Jesus. Is that legitimate? I mean, are there are there are there counterfeit disciplines that maybe Christians think that oh, this is how I connect with Jesus, but that's not actually. Well, this is how I this is how I'm disciplined. But I'm, there's not. all yes, there's all kind of counterfeit um, disciplines, and and I mean how, counterfeit spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Let me say because, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yoga is a discipline and it's a counterfeit spiritual discipline, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I saw a guy who quoted. He basically had a pic. He tweeted a picture of uh, this beautiful Buddhist temple in India. And he said, imagine, he's like, when Christianity takes over India, when the knowledge of the, the glory of the Lord covers the, the earth as the waters cover the sea, yeah. will we reuse this temple as a Christian temple or will we, we destroy it? And all of these Indians like went insane on the guys. Sure. And, and he was like, no, they basically said, no, we're colonizing America. Look at the influence of yoga. Look at the influence of meditation. Look at the influence of all this kind of stuff. We're winning America. Mm. And in some ways, they're absolutely correct. Hinduism has its spiritual disciplines. Meditation. um, Severe bodily discipline Mm -hmm. of not eating and fasting and doing some insane things with their body. Yoga is a part of that. Mm. These are spiritual disciplines that are not Christian. And so, and then you can even think of disciplines like ice baths and I'm not saying ice baths and saunas and all these things and even weightlifting. Those are disciplines that the Christian can take use of, but they're not spiritual disciplines, but people can make them spiritual. Stoics try to make them them spiritual disciplines. Um, Sometimes uh, devotional reading, devotional books can be not helpful. They're just fluffy little. Yeah. What you said on a previous podcast, if you're, if you're, if you're, discipline in reading the scriptures is really just kind of regurgitated other people's thoughts and you're just consuming other people's thoughts. I was just wondering if that's, yeah. Is that a really good discipline? If you only ever, if you, even if you only ever read Christian books and you never read the Bible itself, you know, um, a spiritual discipline that I had when I was younger, when I first came to faith, when I came to faith in more of a prosperity gospel ministry, they were big on daily professions mm. that you, 
print out these scriptures, many of them taken completely out of context, and you just say them out loud to yourself. You look them, look in the mirror and you say them out. Now, listen, there's, there is the power of life and death is in the tongue, right? Yeah. And there are, um, there are good ways to profess our faith and to publicly sp- or to speak out scripture, to memorize it and to, to hold to the promise and try to believe the promise and meditate on the promise. But when you, you're, you're putting the scriptures, I'm blessed and highly favored and I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the yeah. last. And you're putting these scriptures all over your house because you want to make more money. Mm. That's a faulty discipline. Yeah. Wrong. You're trying to use scripture to get God to do what you want him to do, yeah, sure. which is the exact opposite of spiritual disciplines, which are meant to get you in the right frame of mind to want to do what God's God calling to. you to do. That's good, yeah. So half the time, even prayer can be the wrong thing because mm. we're, we're praying to get God to do what we want him to do and not realizing that God, or I mean, so that prayer is me trying to get my desires in line with God's. Yeah, that's really good. That's really helpful. Even just thinking of them as, yeah, is this, is this a good picture of me following Christ or am I out front trying to get Christ to do what I want to do? Am I in this, am I jumping into the stream of, of, you know, what God says to do or am I pulling him into my, my water? So yeah, I think more. In, in even in the, the cultural realm, right? We've talked about untethered sympathy, mm. right? That is foundationally, people don't think about it like that, but that is a spiritual discipline, mm. right? If I can take myself out of myself and put myself into you, then I'll be a better, in a sense, a holier person, mm. right? I'll be sure. more understanding. And so there's a lot, even in, in, um, in the stream I'm working against, you know, kind of the therapeutic stream, it's, it, it looks like science, but when you get kind of behind the curtain, there's so much spirituality in that. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot. I think there's yeah. <clears throat> disciplines like for, for Kevin, like listening is a discipline mm-hmm. that we're, we're called to, to listen, mm-hmm. listen well, to be slow to speak, slow to get angry. But Kevin, as a counselor, he could just listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if he just listens, his counseling people probably feel really great mm-hmm. And they dump on him and, oh, yeah, I'm getting a lot of help. And then the only problem is that they will be his, his patients forever. Forever, yeah. Because all he does is listen and he doesn't interject with, here's what the Word of God says. Yeah, sure. Here's your next step. Yeah. Here's where you need to take ownership and be disciplined and apply the Scripture or believe mm-hmm. the Scripture. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of counterfeit, yeah, off the yeah. top of my head, counterfeit sure. spiritual Absolutely. disciplines that Christians need to be aware of. Um, I'm going to say this one too. Christian music can, yeah, can be a sure. counterfeit spiritual discipline. Now I'm not talking, sure. I'm not talking about singing hymns and spiritual yeah. songs and that, but I've no- known so many Christians who cannot, they struggle to read the Bible. They struggle. They never study the Bible. Mm-hmm. They don't memorize scripture. Mm-hmm. They don't pray anytime anything goes on. They turn on Caleb. Mm-hmm. They put on some cheesy Christian music that's meant to be therapeutic and mm-hmm. make them feel good in the moment. Now, I'm not condemning all Christian music, just 96% of it. <laughs> so anything that's... that's, that's <laughs> or that that's their spiritual discipline. Like their time with the Lord is throwing on mm-hmm. their curated playlist that mm-hmm. they probably made of their favorite songs. And so it's just... It, it, and it is. It's just sort of this therapeutic... 
overly emotional. Overly emotional. It's almost yeah. all, a lot of the times it's elevation and yeah. Bethel and hyper emotional. Now listen, I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. I get moved by music. I, I get into it. I enjoy it. But that can be a counterfeit spiritual discipline. Yes. And often it turns Jesus, and we've, we've said this before, but it kind of turns Jesus into, you know, your prom date. Yep. Yeah. Jesus glitter. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus glitter. Is that what you say? You just sprinkling them on it. But it, it just it becomes an overly emotional, um, yeah, faulty spiritual discipline. Yeah, we're meant to encounter the sharpness of the Word of God. Yeah, we're meant to be bored in prayer. It's yeah. part of prayer, silence and solitude. Yeah, it's meant to be boring. It's not good, and you're not getting at anything out of it until you're bored. Now, silence and solitude doesn't really even work well. or No, it, it doesn't work to its fullest potential if you don't have the word, if, you don't, if you're not instructed by the word. Mm. So when I go to Colorado, and when we have in the past have gotten four weeks in Keystone, and it's our happy place, I mountain bike a ton. I hike a ton. I go to the mountains a ton. But when I sit down and I'm taking this solitude, I'm thankful in that moment, which is a spiritual discipline, but I'm thankful to someone. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not thanking the universe yeah. for blowing up a, in, by an accident and just putting all this cool stuff here. Yeah. Like, what? No, I'm thankful to God for creating this butterfly that I'm looking at, this tree, this sunset, this thing. And the scriptures are informing that thankfulness and saying that creation is the handiwork of God. Yeah. Yeah. That God custom designed that sunset for me yeah. to see it right here in this moment. And I'm thankful to this personal God who I'm in covenant relationship with, who knows me by name, formed me in my mother's womb, and formed that sunset for me to look at and give him praise. Yeah. Yeah. Going out and just feeling a cool breeze and catching some fish and killing a deer and just going out there and experiencing creation without being tethered to the word of God. Yeah. That's not a spiritual discipline yeah. or it's not a spiritual disciplined. Uh, it's not a spiritual discipline that culminates in what they're supposed to culminate sure. in, which is affection for God, yeah. affection for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, any other, any other thoughts on this one? No, I think that's, that's a great good. intro fellas. All right. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the spiritual disciplines in the next few weeks. So if you have any questions on any of these things, please email me at justindean at sacredcitychurch.com. We are doing this because we love you. We're praying for you. God bless. Mm -hmm.